Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business. And I am in the transformation business. Welcome, Welcome. to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, host, host. multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Welcome to another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Wesleyan Greer, and today we have Bryn Bonino, all the way from Austin, Texas, a fellow Texan. How are you, Bryn? I'm so good, Wesleyan. I'm so happy to be here today. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. So Bryn is a branding consultant at Backstory First. So she's going to be talking to us all about branding and content marketing. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Bryn works as a branding consultant for compassionate micro businesses. She developed Backstory First, a 10-step methodology to brand businesses more effectively. This works because no matter where you go, there you are. Bryn also helps her clients with a seven-part content marketing strategy that is rooted in human psychology. She developed these processes by combining her work as a professional ethnographer and her 10 years experience in marketing. So you're going to have to tell us, how did you even get to where you are today? Okay, so I think the best thing that I should start with is I have so many different interests. And when I was younger, I was pursuing all of them. So that's how I have a degree in marketing, and I also have a degree in education where I am specializing in doing ethnographies. And I would say it was about a year and a half ago, I was getting to a point working in my own consultancy that I realized that I was offering good services to my clients, but there were a lot of other people out there that kind of sounded like me, and I thought that I was kind of facing an uphill battle describing why you should work with me and not someone else. (laughs) And so I decided to put my ethnographer cap on and I looked at my own life using my own backstory and I came out with how I was unique. And honestly, I started doing that with other people and they were so happy with how I was able to help them. And so that's why I concentrate on the backstory first branding these days. So what is an ethnographer? That's a a big word that I don't even know what it means. So um, (laughs) ethnography is when you go into a culture and you talk to the people and you take notes on signs of identity. So a lot of times, and this is what I'd, I'd study when I was in graduate school, signs of identity might be like musical preference or the kind of food you like or what you like to do with your friends or like patterns of speech and you look to form meaning out of a culture so then you can understand a culture in a way that you can kind of well what I do in backstory first branding so you find the values and you find how one culture can connect with another culture 
Wow. So that background that you have as an ethnographer, as well as your marketing, to me, just that in and of itself and explaining what you do in ethnography, that really kind of sets you apart. And that helped you clear the noise. And so I'm really excited to get into the meat of the tips that you have to help us with our backstory branding. So what is the first tip? Well, so the first thing that I say to everybody, if you're working with me or even if you're not, is that you have your own brand that you're walking around with. That is you. And I think you can say that very easily, like each person is unique. But honestly, use your own life as a tool. And what I say to people is they can write down their strongest life memories and analyze those memories for meaning. And that is what they can go forward with their own branding and with their own business. So they can position themselves to be unique and they won't sound like anyone else. That's deep. I've never heard anyone say that you should examine your own story to come up with your branding. Wow, you have me speechless, Britt. <laughs> so when, when you do that, what do you do with it? So you sit down, you write all of these things down, you pull from your deep, dark depths of your inside. And how does that help lead you into what you need? So what I recommend people do is first take all the negative experiences that you remember, because unfortunately, or fortunately, that's how our brains operate. We remember the negative experiences more strongly. It's a protection mechanism. So take those mm. negative experiences and flip them on their head and make them positive life lessons. When you go forward with your positive life lessons, that will help you formulate what your purpose is for your business. And I think when you can have a purpose in your business rooted in real life memories, then it will be so much strongly, authentically you, but it will also help you go forward with your business in the tough times because you'll know that it's so closely tied to how you yourself have experienced life. Mm, that's uh, so I feel like you, you do a little bit of life coaching a little bit in there. Because you're really telling people to do some of this work that they probably need to kind of remove some blocks so they can be successful, so they can build this brand and this business that they want to. So really taking those negative thoughts that may be holding you back, right? Because a lot of times the negativity that we have or those negative life lessons prevent us from moving to the next level and reframe them. That's awesome. So that's actually something that I realized um, after I started doing this with people um, is that I am getting into what a life coach does and what some psychologists do, but that's not what I do myself. So what I've been doing is connecting with a lot of life coaches. So I can kind of, if someone tells me that they don't know what to do with these feelings and these thoughts, which some people have, then I'll know mm -hmm. where to send them. What I say, and when I talk to life coaches, I say, look, what I do might sound like something that you do, but I'm more interested in the branding because I'm a marketer. I'm mm -hmm. not interested in coaching somebody because honestly, I feel so deeply sometimes I would probably internalize their feelings and I just can't deal with it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's too much, right? Exactly. To take on other people problems. Exactly. Wow. 
But the other two things that I suggest you analyze your memories for is your your values, your philosophical world values that tie you to the rest of humanity, and then any positive and negative feelings that come up repeatedly in your memories. So all of those together, your life lessons, your values, and your predominant feelings those are the tools you can use to shape a, a stronger brand for your business. Wow. That first tip was, was so nice and voluptuous. What is the second tip that you have for us? So once you have your brand formed, then you need to apply that to your content marketing. I think that mm. content marketing these days, there's so much information out there online. Um, it's difficult to know how you can really authentically connect with your audience with any marketing that you put out there. What I recommend mm -hmm. is, so having your brand in mind, first you need to think of what your end goal is. So think what mm -hmm. if you, once you get your ideal client avatar, once you get their attention, what do you want them to do? Mm -hmm. And then put yourself in their shoes and think of what they're thinking and feeling along the customer journey. And mm. I have, um, I use five steps for the customer journey. I got this from Mira Kothens. Um, she writes a lot about content marketing. The first step is problem unaware, then problem okay. aware, solution unaware, solution aware, and then most aware where you're, you have a repeat customer. So then if you think of those two things, your what you want your client avatar to do, and then what they're thinking along the customer journey, that's when you can fill in exactly what you're writing in all of your content. Or if you have a podcast, what kind of material you're you're producing the podcast or the or a YouTube channel. And so answer, talk to their fears, talk to their questions and answer their questions before they decide that you can't answer them for them. So a couple examples would be if you are talking to someone who is problem unaware, talk about the mistakes they're making or why they why they need to stop doing what they're doing. Hmm. And then if you're talking to someone who is problem aware to bring them to the next step in the customer journey, tell them how they can do something like how they can fix their problems doing this one thing. And then the third step, so they realize that you're the person that they should work with to do this one thing, are case studies or how you yourself were able to achieve great success doing whatever you're doing. So can you give us a maybe a little insight on how can you gauge where somebody is on that customer's buyer's journey? How are there things that they're saying or doing or how do we really know? So I suggest that you create content that is along every step of the customer journey. Or like you were saying before we started recording, if you don't want to talk to somebody who is problem unaware and you're going to have to bring them much further along the journey, then don't create content about the top mistakes you're making and don't create content about, you know, the problems, why you have this problem and what you need to know to fix the problem. So for mm. example, I think that, and I'm going to talk about a very specific project that I have 
which is a website that I run called Make a Leap. And it's talking to independent language teachers and helping them with their own career as independent business owners. When I first started the website, I was talking to, at first, teachers that were working in independent language schools. They weren't a lot of times really even aware of why they should start their own business. They hadn't realized Mm. that they would be capped with their income. So Mm. then I pivoted and I started talking about what you need to do to start your own business and I created an ebook, which is, you know, like it was like a five page ebook of all the things you should do to start your own business if you're an independent language teacher. That then mm-hmm. is getting people that are more aware that they need to make the leap and they need to start their own business or start thinking about it. Does that hmm. answer your question? Yeah, yeah, that's good because I think a lot of times that, you know, whether we are working within a company or we have our own business, we are thinking about, okay, I know that there's a journey that this buyer, this customer is going on, but how do I really connect with them at each place if I don't know what's happening? And so you just gave some really good examples of understanding how you can kind of tease out, or maybe you even want to say, I don't want people at the beginning of the stages. I want them towards the end, or I only want people at the beginning, right? Depending on the product or service that you have and how you're positioning it in the market. So what is the next tip that you have for the audience? So I think once you have all of, well, I would say when you're creating the content, whether it be your blog or your podcast or for your YouTube channel, make sure that you have always an end goal in mind and make sure that you're tying the content always to what you're client avatar is and this is something else that I talk about and I won't <laughs> I won't get too deep into it here but make sure that you always have something that is um very closely aligned with what your brand is that you set up in the first couple tips that I gave you um for the backstory first branding and then once you have that content created make sure that you can continuously move your client avatar along the customer journey. So what I do is I set up a marketing funnel that I'll get them oftentimes with a blog post. And then what I referenced Mm -hmm. earlier is I have that free ebook that I make available to people, but it's behind Mm -hmm. a email opt-in. And then Mm -hmm. once I have them, once I have their email address, then I start the whole process all over again. So it's the, of the content marketing it's still talking to them along the customer journey. So that Mm. way, and this is something that you probably have a lot to say on given what you do as a sales coach, but this way you're not talking at people, you're talking with them. Mm. And what I do oftentimes with email marketing is I ask people questions early on and I ask them to get back to me. And Mm. they're used to seeing my questions. And I notice that when I ask people questions in email marketing, and they see a lot of questions, they eventually respond to me with something. So then it's creating a more personal relationship with an automated system, which we would think is not very personal. But I find that if you do the steps that I talked about with the backstory first branding, and then with the strategic content marketing, then you can build up a audience that really feels like they know you. 
even if you don't really know them that well. And so that way the sales becomes so much easier. They come to you and buy and you don't have to use, I'll say, I'm going to say from what I know from sales, more complicated sales techniques. (laughs) I love it. I love it. You've given us some really, really rich tips. And I feel like someone who is confused about, you know, what is my personal brand? Because a lot of times salespeople that are within companies or sales leaders, they feel like, oh, I can't do anything because our corporate dictates our marketing, right? But you do have your own personal brand. And so when you go out there within whatever um, depths you're allowed to, if you can guest blog or if you can post on your own social media, you have to think about the personal image that you want out there and really thinking about this branding, your backstory first branding, and really thinking about the end user and going through that customer journey. I think that's so powerful. And like I said, for anyone, it doesn't matter if you're a business owner or a salesperson or a sales leader, you have a personal brand. Would you agree? Oh my gosh, totally. Um, (laughs) And thinking of the salesperson that's on a team and works for a company, my experience with salespeople, they do so much talking to clients and really how they position themselves with the clients is how they can close the sale. So if they can think of what values they lead with, for example, one of my strongest values is empathy. They can Mm -hmm. position any offer and say that's one of their strongest values. If they can position any offer that they have leading with that value, for me, that would be empathy. Then Mm. everything about my personality or that person's personality, it's coming from their own backstory. So everything is going to be so much more believable and they're going to be so much more trustworthy. I love it. I love it. And you're right. I mean, you are your personal brand. And so what are you leading with when you get on a call with somebody or when they see you in a networking event, what do you want them to remember about you? So can you give us a example of somebody who was lost and you help them bring them to the light with uh, branding and content marketing? Yeah. So I'll take one of my clients that came to me over the summer. Um, He had been running his own business for about a year and it was going well. But then as any person who runs their own business when you're first starting out, there's feast and famine until you can kind of get stable on your on your stable footing and really get everything running well. So mm-hmm. he came to me and I did first my backstory first branding process. When I do that with clients, because I have a course for it, and then I do it privately with clients. When I do it with clients, I ask them several questions and I ask them to tell me stories as answers. Um, mm. He was amazed. He said that I told him things about himself with the values and the dominant feelings that he didn't even recognize in himself. But once I told him that's what I found, that he realized that's who he was. Um, Mm. And then what I did, this is actually a client that I really wanted to work. um, I really wanted to help him, but he wasn't ready yet for my next step. So what I did is I created my second online course basically for this client. I put my content marketing knowledge into an online course, which was embedded into a website template. 
So now this client has the branding recommendations that I made for him. And he also has a website as I would have designed it for him. He did it himself with my asynchronous guidance. And he mm-hmm. has content marketing that speaks to who he is. The mm. last time I talked to him, he was closing a lot more business. I don't know the numbers, but he went from having smaller clients that were kind of word of mouth marketing to now he's working with international companies and he's wow. getting much larger contracts. Yeah. That is awesome. Awesome. And the constant fight is sales and marketing don't work together or marketing does all of this stuff that doesn't turn into closed results or closed deals, but it's not true, right? It's when you use the right marketing, when you're doing the right things and attracting the right type of people, then the onus is on the salesperson the business owner to close the deal. That is awesome. And you know, you talked about empathy. So you just stepping outside yourself and saying, I'm going to do something to help this person because I know that they need it and I know it will be beneficial to them. That is amazing. And what, do you have a free gift? I mean, you've given us so much already. I feel bad for even asking you for a gift. Well, I know that some people they can go so much further if they can actually see what something looks like and they have kind of a resource that they can look back at again and again. So what I have is a masterclass that I put on. So it's on demand and it's asynchronous. So it's called Storytelling Branding Jumpstart. And what I do is I give a high level overview, kind of what we talked about today of how you can get started with using your own backstory as a branding tool. And then I didn't want to just leave people there. So I tell them examples of how they can use that in their content marketing. That's awesome. So you are definitely a giver. Um, I always tell people serve before you sell. And it seems like you are serving people and within your business by this awesome free gift. Um, what is the best way for people to get in contact with you? I think probably the best way for people to find me is through LinkedIn. I think if you Google me, it pops up first. If you message me on LinkedIn, oh, well, (laughs) I'll tell you a hint in connecting with me. If you want to connect with me for any reason on LinkedIn, shoot me a message there first. I'll be much more likely to connect with you. I'm not someone on LinkedIn that just wants to get a high number of how many connections I have. Um, But then I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody who wants to chat more about what I've talked about today. Awesome. So connect with Bryn on LinkedIn. You will find the link for this wonderful masterclass that you can go even more in depth than we've already gone because she is definitely the genius in branding and content marketing. I mean, I've learned so much from you in this short time that we spent together. And thank you again for sharing this wonderful pearls of wisdom with the audience. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Wesleyan. Um, I can tell you're an excellent host and you made me feel so comfortable sharing what I know today. So thank you so much. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. That was another episode of Snack Size Sales. Remember to leave a review, share this podcast and like us. And remember in whatever you do, transform your sales. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. 
Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.